Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome back to another episode of Free Table Gamers. I'm your host, Colin, here with Ashton, as always. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? All right. Starting off with kind of like a, obviously a nerdy thing. It's a video game podcast, but uh, <laughs> the Word of Rings is getting a video game. Yeah, so uh, the article I have here says Amazon Games and Embracer Group through its wholly owned subsidiary Middle Earth Enterprises, part of the operative group Free Mode, announced today they had, well, not today, but today that this article was written. They have reached an agreement for Amazon Games to develop and publish a new massively multiplayer online MMO game based on the works of J.R.R. Tolkien, the upcoming game will be an open-world MMO adventure in a persistent world set in Middle-earth featuring the beloved stories of The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The game is in early stages of production with the Amazon Games Orange County Studio, makers of the popular open-world MMO game New World, leading development. Amazon Games will publish the game globally for PC and consoles. And then additional details, including launch timing, will be shared at a later date. So yeah, Lord of the Rings, getting a new game, that's pretty cool. Uh, I never really got into Lord of the Rings, so I don't really know a whole lot about the series. Never watched the first movie or whatever they are on them. I'm, I mean, I know some of the characters via Sierra or South Park, but... Uh... Uh, I think it's going to be mainly based around Gollum. Okay. From what I've seen with it. Like, the one I have seen, it's coming out, and it's uh, actually War of the Rings Gollum, so, I mean, he's literally the title character on it. Okay. Which, he's the little one that does, like, the precious thing, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> At least I don't get I don't know about anything about the Lord of the Rings. I know it's a big, you know, a big franchise. A lot of people love it, like kind of like Harry Potter, but maybe not as big as Harry Potter, but pretty close. But um, yeah, just me. I've never got into it. Yeah, but anyways, if you guys are Lord of the Ring people, you can look forward to this game. Yep. I probably won't pick it up, but it's there. Yeah, I, I I'm not looking to pick it up. Maybe if somehow it gets on Game Pass. Maybe eventually one day I'll try it out, but I'm not going to put money down just for this game. Yeah. Speaking with games that have, well, games that are out for a long time and don't look like it's going to get a new game anytime soon, 
is uh, GTA Online makes improvements for migration of consoles. Yes, it says Rockstar Games has made a big improvement to the GTA Online save migration, which may make upgrading versions while maintaining process or progress in both more seamless. Countless GTA Online players have accumulated tons of wealth as the game has moved from one generation of consoles to another, and with another hardware jump, Rockstar is looking to make the transition a bit more painless. Grand Theft Auto Online was released in 2013, and since then it has been regular. It has seen regular updates. A Grand Theft Auto expansion called The Contract brought a broader storyline and famous musician Dr. Dre to the online game. Car racing has been expanded upon with Los Santos tuners and heists were added with an aptly named patch with Grand Theft Auto Online joining the PS5 and the Xbox Series X slash S lineup of consoles. A recent update has simplified save migration to current gen hardware. So I've heard in the past when people were moving from the 360 era to Xbox One, it was kind of a pain to get their save progress over and people were just losing their save progress altogether and rockstar had no answer whatsoever to, to get it back so they just had to start all over and yeah. i mean that's just years and years of playing on the 360 lost when you go to the xbox one so i guess they're trying to improve it you know i mean i don't know why they're just now trying to improve it when the game is this old and the series x and the ps5 has been out for a few years now but better late than never i guess yeah, it's definitely a weird thing. I mean, you think this game has officially spanned across three generations of consoles. Granted, it did come at the very start of the Xbox One PS4 era. Because I think it released in the summertime when they got released during the holidays. So it initially re released for the 360 and PS3. Then, like you said, it went to X the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And then... They was like, oh, yeah, no, we don't need to make this important, which PlayStation and Microsoft was both bad about the whole entire, uh, I won't call it cross-gen, but switching over generations. They were, but I think that's more like Rockstar based from what it is, the actual consoles themselves. Right. In this case. But it's still, yeah. Which, I mean, pretty much every game that came, I remember from the 360 to the Xbox One, personally, nothing carried over. 2K didn't care. I mean, shoot, 2K was two different games. Mm -hmm. Completely different games. Like the My Career mode, I mean, especially was completely different game, different games. Oh. And then ironically enough, you had more features on the 360 game than what yep. you did on the Xbox One game. Yep, I had NBA 2K14 for both, and I played the 360 version more because you just had more options and more stuff to do on my career. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something that I think every company's doing, but GTA has to focus on it now because they do have a 10-year-old game on their hands at this point. Which, I mean, they done what Destiny said they was going to do. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Rockstar was planning on doing it. It's just they kept selling, and they're like, hey, we'll just pour it over to another console, and they'll sell some more. Like the Mario Kart 8 treatment, I guess. Yeah. What's the point just in making on. another one if this one's still selling? Especially, if, I mean, and to add on to, 
I mean, shoot, they make more money than what the Deluxe does because at this point you can, I mean, they have microtransactions all littered throughout that game. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo hasn't done that yet, but probably one day. Oh, yeah. Like, I know easily Colby on my profile has spent, I say at least, which it was mainly as soon as I got the game, but I say collectively he had to pay at least $200 on that game in micro, microtransactions throughout the years yeah. for a $60 game. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, if you enjoy the game, I mean, that's fine. You do you, but me personally, I prefer the older GTAs over GTA 5 anyway. I like San Andreas and Vice City over GTA 5. Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I've beat it, but it's, you know, it wasn't nowhere near as fun, which I don't know if it was because in 2013, that's whenever, because I mean, that's the first game I was able to buy with the M rating because that's whenever I turned 17. Right. So that was first when I, well, no, I wouldn't have been. It was out for, I think, a year at that point whenever I did buy it and I was 17. Because it came out in 2013 and I would have turned, yeah, 17 and 14. Yeah. 15 minutes. Whatever. I'm not good at math right now. One of them years. But yeah, one of them years. But it was the first M rated game that I bought. And because obviously I could at that point because GameStop was very strict about it. I don't know if they're still strict about it or not necessarily. They'll probably sell you whatever you come in to buy because they're going out of business. I don't care how old you are. But yeah, the game's been around forever and I mean, good for Rockstar for finally figure out how to make a smooth transition from console to console after their third generation of being out. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't have took this long, but, you know, if you guys are having trouble with it or you're switching over to the new generation, there you go. Or if you had it on PC all along, you don't have that issue. <laughs> That's true. You're a PC player, you are safe yep. from the regards, anyways. All right. Microsoft reveals six custom Xbox consoles and controllers. Yeah, I thought this was pretty neat. Uh, it says Microsoft and Porsche have teamed up to create six Xbox Series X consoles and controllers to celebrate the 75th anniversary of the supercar manufacturer. Microsoft and Porsche have been teaming up since 2005 with their collaborations often revolving around the Xbox-exclusive Forza Motorsport franchise. Each Xbox Series X console is designed with an iconic car and Porsche's rich vehicular history in mind. The previously mentioned Porsche 963 tops the, tops the lineup and is joined by color schemes based on the 1970 Salzburg, 1978 Porsche Racing Edition, 1970s Hippie, and the Pink Pig from 1971. The collection is rounded out by the class, classic Porsche 911 GT1 from 1998. That's a good year. It is worth remembering yeah, well. <laughs> that players will not be able to buy these consoles. Instead, fans will have, their, have to enter a prize draw to win one of the consoles. The draw runs until October 1st and is open to gamers in the U.S., U.K., and Germany. Pretty cool. Um, we've seen Xbox do collaborations 
with other car companies in the past. And Porsche, you know, it makes sense because they do have them in, like it said, Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon Series. So it makes sense to at least have a decorative console for it. Yeah. Gives you more options if you want to do it. Uh, it's, I'm surprised they didn't come out with, like, if they're going to do, like, the whole entire steering columns, because I know they touched those in the past. Yeah. Where you can actually, while you're doing that stuff. Right. I want to skip a couple topics just to hit this one, since it kind of goes on with this topic. But uh, Xbox okay. First Party Studio are no longer making games for the Xbox One anymore. Yeah, so Microsoft has moved on, moved on from the Xbox One and is no longer creating first-party games for, for its previous generation of consoles. We've moved to Gen 9, says Xbox Game Studio Chief Matt Booty, referring to the Xbox Series S slash X generation. While Microsoft will still support Xbox One hardware and games like Minecraft running on the previous generation, no internal studios are working on new games for the Xbox One anymore. Microsoft has been slowly pushing to this point, using Xbox Cloud Gaming to offer up games like Microsoft Flight Simulator to existing Xbox One users. So, personally, I think it's too early to do that, but I understand where they're coming from. You know, just go ahead and throw it out so people will buy the new console. That's fine. Xbox One has been out for 10 years now, so I kind of get that, but the Xbox Series X is just now to where you can find one pretty decently. Now, the Series S, you can find one for several, several months now, for probably a good year now. You can just walk in and see an S, but I'm just now to the point where I can go to Walmart and see maybe one or two Xs on the shelf. So it's just now getting to that point to where you can find them abundantly, and I think it's a little too early to shut off the Xbox One for that reason. Yeah, and they're still fully priced at 500 bucks for the X, which right. I mean, the S is obviously the more affordable option at roughly around 300 350 for the price of it. But it just seems like they kept the Xbox 360 games out a lot longer than what they have for the Xbox One and the switching over to new generation. Yeah, and they supported the Xbox 360 for a long time after the Xbox One. I mean, the Xbox 360 did sell more than the Xbox One, but still, the Xbox One sold good enough you know, that you think they'd support it a little longer. But, I mean, I get where they're coming from, too, because games for the new generation, they do take a long time to develop, a good five, six years. So by the time one releases, the Xbox One will be five, six years even older. So I kind of get where they're coming from that way, but still should support it in other ways, you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, because it's kind of like a pushy thing for them because they're trying, like you said, they're trying to get the new consoles out the door, even though it was kind of their fault that they didn't make enough from the get-go. They blame chip shortages which, like everybody else. Yeah, which, I mean, it was both... PlayStation and Microsoft mm -hmm. both done that. It was, they both majorly shorthanded what they thought people was going to buy right out the gate. Nintendo didn't have that issue when they came out with the OLED. 
mm-hmm. they made enough. I mean, they, you know, they, they're all, they all use chips. I mean, the chip shortage, you know, affects one, it's going to affect all three. So, you know, one just using it, two uses it as an excuse while one shows that it doesn't really, I mean, it's not as big of a deal because more switches have sold than PS5s and Series X, yet Nintendo was able to get, you know, more to the people. Get more made. Well, Enterprise even that excuse. <laughs> yeah, I need a rental car right around that same time frame, and they was like, "Oh no, we got a chip shortage right now." I was like, "What?" Yeah, that makes no sense. You I mean, the consoles both, I get. I mean, maybe for the keys, but the they they should already have keys for them. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that just seemed like it was the biggest excuse for the longest time. It didn't matter who you was, whether you <laughs> were a video game company or. A rental car company. Oh yeah. Also diamonds. There must be a chip shortage. Maybe that'll be McDonald's new excuse for their ice cream machine being down. Yeah, our chip's gone. <laughs> chip shortage. <laughs> but yeah, it's just now, like you said, they're coming into abundance, so it's definitely weird that they're doing the acts that quick. I mean, yeah, granted, unlike the Xbox One initially, they didn't, because pretty much when the Xbox S and S, they pretty much came out simultaneously. Yeah. While when the Xbox One came out with the dinosaur, you know, version of it, it was just one thing. You got what you got with it. There was no, there was not several options to get, unless you got, obviously, a customized Halo One, or I think it was the Gears One, I do believe, at the time. Yeah, but I mean, so, it, it kind of goes towards what I've said before on here is eventually they're just going to not make consoles at all and just go for the cloud gaming and Game Pass. Just focus on making games for that service. People can play it on PC. They can play it on cloud. They can play. I mean, they could play it on anything they want to as long as you have a internet browser connection. Microsoft specifically. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as we mentioned before, they have their hands in three or four different cloud companies. Yeah. Now, Sony, they'll 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 keep making consoles forever, but yeah, Xbox, Microsoft specifically. Eventually, I think they're just going to quit making consoles altogether, and just focus on the cloud and making games for it. That'd be cheaper that way. Yep, and they'll make more money. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. All right. Speaking to a game that's probably going to make a lot of money, uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 gets a ESRB rating months ahead of launch. Yeah, so fans have been waiting years for the next installment of Spider-Man game series, and their wait is finally going to end on October 20th. The build-up to this release date has been a slow burn, with some of the talented voice actors behind the game dropping exciting hints about where Peter Parker and Miles Morales will go next and their never-ending mission to protect the open world of New York City. From 
many supervillains that emerge from its shadows. The Entertainment Software Ratings recently posted its rating for Spider-Man 2 on its official website, and it is going to be T for Teen. The reasons for this rating include the expected violence as well as blood, drug references, and mild language. So, uh, for a Spider-Man game, I guess that's kind of expected. I was more thinking maybe uh, everyone 10 and up instead of a T for team, but I mean, they're pretty close to the same rating, but they're not the same rating. I guess technically they used to be before they had everyone 10 and up, but yeah. Yeah. Not surprised, but kind of surprised that it went to the T instead of everyone 10 and up. I mean, that's why Super Smash Bros. Melee was a T for T game. It was because it didn't exist 20 years ago. Right. But yeah, it's, I mean, and I went back and researched pretty much every Spider-Man game that's been released to the public and out of, I don't even remember the number, but out of all the ones I've seen, there was, out of that whole entire list, counting back from, like, our Spider-Man, like the original Spider-Man trilogy. Like on the PS2 in the GameCube era. Yeah. And I had only seen one that was E for everyone, and it was a computer game, and it wasn't part of those series. So pretty much everyone in that series had been rated T for Teen. Granted, I think fans expected it to get an M rating because this one was supposed to be a little bit darker than the previous ones, especially with the blood and everything else. But I think the only reason why being an E for E10 Plus game, and I want to say the language on here just because it makes sense for it, because that's the reason why I got flagged 14 opposed to getting that E10 Plus rating, because the article I said, the article I read, not said, uh, said that the main reason is because the language they used and the two words that can separate an E for E10 Plus game from a T game because it don't drop no F-bombs or anything. Right. But, so you, you can get away with the D word and stuff like that, but the words that got flagged on there to get a T was ass and prick. Wow. Which I don't even consider the one a cuss word. No. The second one. No. But, yeah, it's, those two is what separated from getting a, E10 to a teen rating. Not the blood, not anything else. It was the language that set it over the edge. Those are rough words right there. Yeah. No 10-year-olds have ever heard that. Unless you just listened to this podcast when you finally heard those words. (laughs) Wink, wink, since you can't see me. (laughs) If you're not watching live on YouTube. Well... The reason I was surprised that it's going to be T for Teen is because you don't see a lot of games get T for Teen anymore because of that everyone 10 and up. It's either everyone 10 and up or they just jump straight to mature, depending on the game, you know. You don't see the in-between much anymore, which is T for Teen. So it's kind of, I guess, obsolete now. So it's, it's rare to see this and to see a game actually be T14 now. And it's weird that it got 
its rating a few months because usually they get their rating about a month ahead of release date. Yeah. Which, I mean, granted, yeah, like the statistics show that if it's a Spider-Man game, more than likely it's going to be T for Teen. But like you said, well, we both kind of agreed on it that the older, the you know, T for Teen used to be the only option you had. It was either E, T, or M. There was right. no, or I mean, of course, you could get AO back in the day because I don't even think AO games sell now. Basically, uh, I don't. I, I haven't seen, seen one in a while. while. Yeah, it's been a long time. I think it's it is definitely obsolete. Like it's completely gone. But at the beginning, their first four was E, T, M, and AO, which your AO was pretty much soft porn games, is what they were basically. Yeah, I mean, I mean the games they have out in Japan. Yeah, I know they don't have the ESRB out there. They have a different rating system, but you know that that's basically their mature is you know you get seventeen, you can pick up a game or whatever, half naked women on there or whatever. But oh shoot, these rated games nowadays will get you fully naked women. I mean, over that's here. true. That's true. Yeah, like Grand Theft Auto Five has nudity in it. It's literally right there on the cover. That's true for an M rating. I forgot. Yeah, I didn't even think about GTA. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, the fact that it got a T rating, it's not shocking since it's a Spider-Man game, but at the same time, like you said, it's surprising about being an E10 plus because there is that in-between buffer now opposed to a T, which, like I said, a couple quote-unquote bad words are the reason why it didn't get the E10 plus rating. I mean, the way the ratings are nowadays, like everyone 10 and up, just look at how movies are rated. Like PG-13, they say some of the worst words on there, and those are fine for kids. So it's kind of the same thing for games. Like they'll have some games, because they don't use that T for teen very often, they'll have some games say things that are worse than those two words you said earlier. And it'll still be everyone turning up. Just how the ratings are nowadays, they're more lenient with what they have in them and what they say than they used to. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it makes no sense to an extent. Like, I can understand why, but the E10 Plus is, I mean, T for Teen is really going obsolete. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I really never understood why they brought in the E10 Plus because it's... It, it's between, I mean, there's, there's no need for, in my opinion, to have anything between everyone and up and T for teen. There's not that much of a difference there because there's no. not an age barrier to purchase the game. Yes, to be, to buy an M-rated game, you have to be 17, but to buy a teen game, I've never heard anybody say, oh, you have to be 13 to buy that game because, you know, teen. Oh, shoot, time you're at that age anyways, you don't have any type of ID. Anyway, exactly. That's what I'm, yeah. So I don't see the point because there's the age barrier there. There's no, you're, you're going to sell it to a nine year old if it's T for teen. Yeah. So it's on E10 plus. Yeah. Nine year old. I mean, what do I did a kid? Right. Exactly. So I just, there's no, I don't see a point in having the 10 and up. No, I mean, only thing I think of the 10 and ups now is the complexity of the game, not necessarily really anything 
bad with it, like whether it be language or anything else. I think it's more based on, like I said, the complexity of it. Like Tears of the Kingdom, you just can't sit a five-year-old down in front of the screen and then expect them to figure out how to beat Tears of the Kingdom. So you're saying of how hard the game is, not necessarily what's yeah. in the game that may be too adult for them or you know, too mature for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because Breath of the Wild was 10 and up as well. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense. It is an open world game. You know, it's kind of harder to see what you're supposed to do, I guess. Yeah, like it's a little bit easier if you sit them down in front of Wind Waker. They're going to be able to figure it out a little bit quicker than that, which obviously Twilight Princess was his own thing because it was darker and because E10 Plus didn't exist back then. Right. Or it definitely would have what, been. That was when it released? It was what? 06, correct? Yeah. So even in 06, we didn't have E10 Plus. So, like I said, I think it's, E10 Plus is pretty much a difficulty setting for a game opposed to an actual maturity level, while T and M are maturity levels. Okay. You should be a certain age to play those games. See, when you put it in that perspective, it makes sense to have that everyone 10 and up. But if you just put it as a mature, it makes no sense because there's not much between everyone, E for everyone, everyone 10 and up. And then T for teen, they're all just so close to there. And then the way I picture M is way out there by itself. Like, you know, but the three, first three are there close together when you put it at a mature rating. But if you do it, you know, on based on how hard the game is, they're more spaced out. I can see that, I guess, more. Like I said, that's the only reason why I can think they brought in E10+. plus bad and to have something in between difficulty wise in between e and t but t is like you said pretty much obsolete now yeah so because there's only a three-year gap in between when you're supposed to have an etn game to a teen game yet again there's no way to id anybody pretty much younger than 15 nope. <clears throat> so you're gonna sell it to them point, anyway so yeah so really, the end games are really the only thing you're worried about with IDs up to this point because, I mean, there is worse stuff on end games, obviously. Yeah. That's how they got their things in the first place. Right. Not because of how hard the game is, but because of what's in the game. Yeah. While E10 Plus, I think I just fixed the ESRB system, or unless yeah. that's what they was already doing. I just, Maybe that's we what just they were already doing. We it. were, yeah, we were just weren't thinking like that, but if not, then you're welcome. Colin fixed it for you. That's right. <laughs> Let's look us up, ESRB. <laughs> All right, I think I put us through to 30 minutes. Almost. <laughs> Almost. Almost. Ah. One more. One more short one. Yeah, that'll put us a little over, but that's fine. There's a sale going on for those Nintendo Switch OLEDs that we mentioned earlier for $380. Yeah, so your standard OLED comes in at 300 but the bundle is where it's on sale is because for 380 you'll get the Switch OLED, Pokemon and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Edition, and Animal Crossing New Horizons for 380 And then as a bonus, it'll come with a screen protector and a 16 gigabyte micro SD card. So you get all that. That's a pretty good deal. You get two games, an OLED, 
a special edition OLED at that, and then an SD card and a screen protector. So it's not a bad deal. Yeah. Not a bad deal at all. It's That's why we got posted in case anyone once was thinking about getting an OLED. You can really get your bang for your buck with because you buy those games separately, they're going to, that's going to set you back a hundred and twenty dollars. So there you go, four twenty. If you buy the game, you know the OLED and the games without the screen protector and the SD card. Well, the next card, yeah, and a screen protector. Yeah, so it's definitely well, a good deal. Yep, and then the SD cards another eight to ten dollars for sixteen gigabyte. Yeah, basically one hundred fifty off. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. Good deal. If you don't have an OLED or if you're one that special edition Scarlet and Violet one, then there you go. What what website was this on? I didn't even see like what store was doing the sale. Or is it just I didn't see, I didn't see it was Game Rant is where I seen the article at. Okay. Well but Game Rant didn't even have it listed as what store was having it. Okay. Well I'll figure it out and I'll put it in the description for everybody. So it'll be in this episode's description. But other than that, that sets us over our time and we'll get out of your guys' hair. Yep. Appreciate you guys for listening or watching live. Thank you, Rylan, for watching live and supporting us. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. You can sub to us on Twitch, watch us live on there. On YouTube, watch us live on there. My personal Twitch and YouTube channel. And our merch on Redbubble. Always in the description. Everything is always in the description that we mentioned at the end of the podcast or Discord. But I think that's it. Yeah, I think you touched everything. All right. right. Later, guys. See you guys next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.